Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 26th of April 2021. I start this week's report with some sad news on the loss of one of our major competitors, which is Mr. Cyril Adams, uh, the man who founded Adams and Howling. Our thoughts immediately go out to Paul and Matthew and their families. Cyril was a giant of the Norfolk grain trade. His strength of character his unbelievable tenacity and ability to negotiate and stick to it. You know, he really was someone who knew what he wanted and was able to negotiate very, very firmly and more often than not get his way. Yep, he's a guy that we competed with head to head, but, you know, honour amongst thieves, us grain traders are supposed to be. There's a mutual respect and anyone who set their own business up and succeeded in recent decades in the grain trade has to be admired so Cyril we will miss you and you know good luck you boys who are left behind there and good luck to you so moving on from that sad news we're going to go to the the grain market which has been well it's been a very very dramatic week we're going to have a, a longer conversation following what well, I'm putting some prices out now but there's so much stuff going on that uh, it's worthy of a conversation amongst the traders here Yeah, we haven't got all the information that the bigger companies have got, but there's a number of things that need to be considered and discussed, and it's world implications, European implications, and the UK. There is a drought going on in a number of places. There's issues with production. There's frosts every single night that must be doing damage to some of the rate. So there's a lot of stuff that we're going to go through. And there's no impressions of any film stars or stars this morning, and I'm going to try and be grown up about the fact that we did call it and for whatever reason that it's gone up, some people say it's because of the outside influencers, but in reality, uh, old crop feed wheat has absolutely gone through the roof, as predicted on May Futures, because, well, as previously stated, listen to previous podcasts and you can hear me running on about it. So, X farm values for feed wheat this morning, at point of recording, is £200 a tonne X farm again. If you're a store member, and we all know that lots of farmers say, oh, there's no point being a member of a store, you charge us money, and whatever. 208x, so, you know, you're £8 better off just because you're a store member. And more importantly, while we're dwelling on that fact, if you don't own storage and haven't put the capital in, the difference between the harvest price, which is between 140 and 145 delivered, and 208 is £68 a tonne, so... You know, just record that. It's about the fifth year on the trot that it's done it where it's been a consistently much higher price if you had store or you own storage or you didn't have to sell at harvest. So hopefully that will go into somebody's thick skull somewhere. Yeah, what a result that is. I think on new crop, obviously the drought is the big impact on that. There's no rain in the foreseeable forecast, maybe 10 mils sometime in the next 10 days, but probably not. So X Farm November, round figures 180 X Farm, May 22, 186 X Farm. If you're a store member, probably another fiver on top of those prices. So 
to me, I think that new crop, it's very difficult to turn down the price if you weren't looking out the window seeing the dust flying everywhere. You'd think, hang on a minute, it's gone up 20 quid and we were budgeting 160 and we turned down 170 and actively some merchants are encouraging you to sell and some merchants are saying, no, look, let's wait. I think you're going to make more out of it. So, you know, make a mental note of who's looking after you. There is a point coming, obviously, where markets will peak and if there's a weather forecast historically weather markets get dashed very quickly and they drop quite dramatically so you could easily see 20 pounds drop off if there was a significant rainfall forecast if you also look at historic charts quite often you have to wait to see what rain impact actually occurs and then what underlying weather pattern beyond then is because more often than not markets actually recover most of the ground that they lose if the weather turns back to its you know former drought conditions so it is going to be a very volatile ride sometime along in the future with it dropping and potentially going back up again or just dropping off who knows anyway the weather is in charge and it's not just us we have our own specific reasons to not be that enthusiastic irrigation has started in norfolk there will be people over this weekend and onwards who are now going to irrigate all sorts of crops if you have the opportunity to do so that's what you should be doing certainly some of the spring barleys that were drilled a bit later are struggling and needs to have something to kick them off so i've given you the feed wheat prices let's talk about feed barley old crop has gone up we, we predicted that to be all over by the shouting i would say you could make 160x the whole complex is firmer and so barley's benefited from that again it isn't that long until harvest occurs although normally we will have seen barley awns showing through by this date most years just the tips of them the little hairy bit sticking out the top of the plant it's not happening yet obviously because of the frost and ongoing cold weather so on that basis if you were to assume normal weather patterns it might mean harvest is going to be a little later than expected all i'd say to that is obviously if the drought continues then you know it could all be done by the end of july but right now it is behind schedule on the basis of the cold weather holding it up new crop feed barley is also very buoyant and you will get in excess of £140 a tonne for harvest movement. Uh, that's pretty good going for feed barley and doesn't seem to want to relent for the time being. Oilseed rape this week. Old crop Matif futures went through the roof to €600 Euros on a technical squeeze. And we love technical squeezes, as we've mentioned on the wheat market. The actual price of oilseed rape old crop is about 430 so sometimes the futures gets completely out of sync and as we don't trade rapeseed futures in the uk with physical stores attached no farmer can take advantage of it however it is important to say that you know those underlying factors that price has been traded which takes some of the fear out of the potential of it trading for this coming season as well and uh well we'll be discussing that in our chat shortly so new crop Harvest rate value at this moment has come off this morning, but it's about 420. Frost is an ongoing issue. It was minus two last night in the Alsham area and a bit colder further west you went. So, yeah, it can't be doing it a lot of good. So, underlyingly, the message from doing grain is we think the market, although it's going to have a little correction at the moment, is still without any doubt underlyingly firm. And the old crop wheat market. I don't know. As far as we're concerned, we're grateful it's come up to these levels. We've, you know, we can tidy our book. We can do what we want to do. It's been great news for us. It puts us into a nice position for year end. Very happy with that. And so the overriding feeling here is grateful that we were right. And with that, thanks for listening. Let's hope the weather forecast is wrong and the rain does come. Thank you for listening. 
please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 or email info at And now it's time for Farm Chat. Today I have with me Ben, Ian and Josh. So morning. Hello. Hello. Morning all. Right, we're going to have a grown-up conversation about the dynamics of the last week because it has been probably the most dramatic week we've seen for a number of years. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the the beginning of the week was pretty full on, but yesterday was, I think if I think back in memory, we had an enormous USDA report, but without a report, it was huge. 30 cents up on wheat at one point. And on no clear, it wasn't like a kind of snippet of info or some business done, or it just completely came out of nowhere. Yeah, agreed. And even Steve Freed, who's the guy at ADM over in the States, you know, even he was running out of words to describe the rally. Really? Yeah, I watched his video broadcast. So what is the reason for the rally, for the non-believers or people who don't know what the hell's going on? What's the reason? It's uh, weather extremes everywhere. I mean, I don't think there's a single continent that isn't being affected. I mean, we're talking problems with the Safina, South American Brazilian crop, the second crop, which is cold, lack of rainfall. U.S. wheat plains, Midwest is dry. I mean, you've got loads more chucking. Dry Canada, dry Oz. I think there is some rain forecast, though. Whether or not it's significant enough for people to feel like it's going to come down, I think it will come down off the back of any rain. From Because of the fund's point of view, that's what they'll look at. Where is the rain forecast? There's some in France, just not around the Normandy region, but there's forecasted rain throughout the rest of France. East coast of England's going to get half an inch. Apparently, and parts of the US are going to get some. I mean, Carol Kirkwood didn't tell us that, so this is this is the the windy side, yeah, which has been pretty accurate, <laughs> along with a few other bits and pieces. But they do longer term forecasts, which is normally pretty good. I accept there's nothing over the next few days. There might be a bit on in Norfolk on Tuesday, Wednesday, but I think there is going to be some rain at some point. Yeah, there'll be some. Well, I mean, the fear I have of us saying there's going to be rain is it doesn't and then we'll have somebody on the podcast telling us yeah whatever i only watch the bbc because i'm old and as ollie says i've been watching carol kirkwood closely and i think carol's single now is she Mm. oh there's a thing anyway point is no foreseeable rain is what they said and it's kind of I am extremely nervous of that. I get the, the dynamic of a market that will go down the minute there is a wet forecast. But as I think I say in the market report, there is a history of weather markets, the bubble being burst by a rain event, if it's significant enough. But if the underlying weather then turns around and continues to be warm and dry, in the case of a drought, then it very quickly recovers. It's a dip, a dramatic dip, mm. and then up she goes again. Yeah, it just gives the markets that little bit of respite for them to really go again. Does that lead us into, I mean, talk, talk about the fund positions and kind of the spooky thing, the record longs on corn at the moment. I mean, it is fast. I think 
we're trying to do some uh, work on this this morning, but I read something on the Twitter sphere. I think it was suggesting that the corn long is something like five hundred thirty thousand long on the funds. So that's the, huge. The funds being involved is a blessing and a curse, right? It's yeah, yeah. extreme involvement and extreme volatility when they decide to get in or get out. Mm. But the good news about the funds being involved, and a lot of people are very sceptical about this, but it mm. took the power away from the major grain trading houses like Cargill, who had control of the grain market around the world. And all of a sudden, there is more money out there than Cargill have got, which is a bit of a thought. Okay. And so all of a sudden, you know, the ordinary person who didn't necessarily have a trading or consumption thing to try and, you know, control, if you like, had a reason to buy on his own. They've looked at the weather forecast, they've said it's dry, that's why they're long. I would assume that can be the only yeah. reason. Yeah, I think as Ben and I were having a bit of an argument, not an argument, but a debate this morning. But when do the funds ditch their uh, long, when have they had enough, when do they bank their profits? It's a bullish market, so maybe they run it, but the wave does end at some point. Yeah, but I just can't see when that's going to be yet. They will have to, but there'll be a while yet. It's when the weather event is predicted. That's when it will happen. Yeah. Is there any other reason why the market should be as firm as this? Well, let's go back a few days... There was massive Russian troop buildup in the Ukraine. That would have caused a lot of worry in the Black Sea market with exports. Now, Russia has pulled its troops back. That situation is calming down. I think the other situation that we haven't discussed, but you also need to think about, is India is going through this ginormous COVID surge. Now, they produce and export a lot of crops in that region. You know How they're going to cope doing that going forward, I don't know. Where does it get exported to? It's kind of Asian. It's very parochial, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to continue producing the crop sizes. There's no particular problems in India as far as the weather's concerned, is there? No, not in terms of weather. It'll just be logistics because at the minute, you know, there is a lockdown going on. Lorries, getting things loaded and shifted isn't happening at all Mm. in India. Okay, but I mean, other underlying factors, the stocks in the world were low before we started this. And we've said on many previous podcasts that the world is going to produce less than it consumes this coming year on the basis of the projected acreage that was put forward. So it isn't just the weather. It's the underlying stock situation is going to diminish. And that is the fundamental reason why the funds came in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the um, strange one, I don't know if this is strange or isn't strange, but to me it read as strange, was that the French have bought, I think, half a million tonnes of uh, French origin wheat from Sept to July. uh, Sorry, China. Yeah, China. China China bought from July to Deck. And that's quite a slug. It really is quite a slug. So I think the pressures are, yes, old crop, kind of surprised but the new crop is mega nervous china obviously had problems with their production last year in that they obviously had to buy more tons of corn than they ever bought before and they pretended they had a big harvest and there was a typhoon and there was a drought which is killing people in north korea on that peninsula through starvation so they did have a bigger problem than they mentioned which almost certainly means their stock levels are lower than they're declaring no one knows that, but, you know... It's pretty obvious. Well, it is obvious, yes. So they must or are likely to be back unless they have an absolutely stonking great, enormous harvest themselves again. The other thing that I noticed, actually, so last week we saw Russia writing up their new crop by 2 million tonnes. Today they've written it down by a million. Now, we said, oh, why are Russia writing it up? Because it's crazy. It's way too early for them to say that. 
and they've already started writing it down again. And it'll be this misinformation that is going to be the thing we've got to watch. But when they were planting it, they had six to seven weeks of no rain at all, which is fine. But it was like 25 to 30 degrees. Some was even 35 degrees. And then it just came through and was cold for a bit. Then it snowed. So I don't think their crops look good anyway, in my opinion, like I've been there. No, obviously you haven't been there because there's a pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I go to Russia? No. Because you might catch... No. Anyway, the point is, the crop over there has been written up in adverse conditions. You're right. And it's, so there's, there's lots of little ingredients that keep getting chucked onto the pitch. But underlyingly, the curse of the funds being involved is, if they have many hundred thousand lots long, there is a point when they will take their profit, whether it's mm. logical or illogical, mm. and gets massively overdone. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen today, because mm. there's no reason for it to happen today. No, we used to have Ben wrote our market report on the app and he used the famous phrase in the office at the moment, the worm has turned. I think he's probably been a bit premature, but it has. it is seeing the first signs of a minor sell-off. I'm not saying it's the end of a trend, but it is a... Well, it's probably also Friday and they've had a good week, so they're probably just thinking, I'll oh, we'll go into the mm. weekend with a smaller position. Mm. Take their profits, go down the pub for the afternoon. Have a bonus, yeah, absolutely. Watch it rain on Monday. Yeah. The, you are the rain man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the other thing that, and Josh brought this up, and this is interesting, is Biden trying to encourage farmers in the US to put more land into set aside. Did he? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, four million acres, which is obviously hard for a farmer to do because they've got such good crop, their best crop prices for, well, 10 years, and they might actually make a return for the first time in a long time. And so Biden wants to meet the carbon footprint for him, doesn't he, though? So that's, he's, he wants them this year to drop some of the acres that have been projected. Yes. Christ, we need to get out of this room and start buying futures, don't we? <laughs> well, well that'd be funny. You know, but the whole point is the farmer. Yeah, the farmers don't have to do it. Josh is right; they could guarantee themselves this return. But farmers are going to keep planting acres for the time being, aren't they? They got all that fixed machinery. Does Biden know the price of cereals at the moment? Probably not, does he? Well, anyway, right. Well, to me. If anyone listens to him, that is an incredibly bullish moment. If you talk someone into not growing, I'm all for the planet being saved, and all of us should be. But this, the dynamic of physical food supplies yeah. are extreme. And, you know, hence, I mean, underlyingly, my belief is that over the next five, ten years, the prices of food will just go up very dramatically. I think there is a great time price-wise for cereals, but there will be other things that farmers can do. Yeah, there will be. I mean, the other thing we've been discussing in the office is inflation, which is occurring across Europe and probably the world. And for a country like the UK who is reliant on importing, we could be hit hard by inflation because shipping costs will go up. Inflation's coming. It has to come. Prices oh, of everything. Right. Prices of steel, prices of concrete, prices of every single product is going up quite dramatically. And so the only answer, and there's a whole decade's worth, possibly more, of people who've gone on credit who have no idea what an interest rate counting against them it feels mm. like. It's not much fun. My, I, Me and Ian are millennials, and um, <laughs> we've well, lived through... This is probably going to be another financial crash at some point, because it has to happen. The books have to be evened. And uh, the first one, our generation didn't have the... They weren't looking at buying houses, because they could go and buy a you know, new BMW on finance with 2% interest, and it's cost you 300 quid a month. But if that changes, we really could see... And watches and phones and every bit of computerism there is out there, people can buy for cheap... And it will come home at some point. 
Unfortunately for the war generation, they won't be around to say, I told you, you can't live on credit. <laughs> Sorry, the other thing that's interesting about potential of inflation is, so the UK government is at record borrowing, mm-hmm. which we all know, but the money has been borrowed from the Bank of England. Now, I didn't realise this. If you borrow money from the Bank of England and interest rates go up, immediately your repayments go up. Whereas apparently if the government hadn't borrowed money from the Bank of England, they'd have had a bigger cushion if interest rates do go up. So the repayments for the UK government could skyrocket. Great. No, sorry, we mustn't depress everyone. Well, the farming community, you know, some are geared well, some are geared bad. The same in any industry. This is a time where... At the moment, this is not happening. They certainly aren't going to rush into paying high interest rates in the next 12 months because they can't afford to. The whole thing has stalled. The whole world needs to get going again. There needs to be new jobs created. Lots of people have lost their jobs. You know, don't forget, we had two people left our business in this last 12 months. Is now a good time to ask about a wage increase? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's always ben. a good time to ask, Ben. <laughs> <coughs> that steely stare. I'll just leave the room. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, grateful for the job. Um, so, so where were we? Well, let's talk about, you know, the pet subject of the old crop wheat market. You know, mm. we've got that right. It's been really beneficial. What happens next, in your opinion? Has the bubble burst? I had a conversation with someone in the trade yesterday, a different area who you obviously speak to, and he says, does Andrew live, eat, breathe, sleep, dream, May wheat futures? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And it has been pretty much probably every waking thought, hasn't it, for quite a while, not, of not how f- this is panning out. It's not it? being funny. When it was £188 a tonne and I was on this podcast saying, you boys have taken a hell of a beating, that was pretty bad because we called it the opposite direction. The fact yes. that it's come back up, and of course, an ego trip. I'm trying to be mature and really gracious today. I'm right. I said to Tess, she said, what are you so chill about? I said, I'm right. She went, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is, yeah, it's come up. Is there any pleasure in that? Yes, because we're a position around. Our business has, at the end of this year, where we've traded less tonnage than we've done for a number of years because the crop size was much smaller, we're in a position where we have taken a stance on the market, which, if we would have been wrong, would have taken us into a loss situation. Not massively. We've had some great years leading up to now. It's been a tough year. We will make a profit. We know at the end of June we will come in with a profit. Now... Yeah, that anyone in business at the moment, least of all in agriculture, to be to know year end is going to be in the black, not the red, is an achievement. So yeah, I'm, I am overwhelmingly happy, not just yeah. about May wheat futures, but by the damp dynamic of what it means to this little business. Yeah, well, it has been <clears> a, a roller coaster of. Well, will it, is it what happens? You know, we're coming into tender on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the weaker longs are out. We were long. We've taken a lot of ours out. I think it's worth going through that tender day because I still believe the pressure is more on the short than the long. But a lot of it should have been ironed. It's finally gone below 3,000 lots in the open position, but there's still 2,700-odd. But the dynamic is changing a bit in that we're now seeing values probably at parity, maybe slight future no, premiums. The there is a premium, is still, premium? Yeah, okay. depending on you know the timing of when you make the phone mm. call. There people trying to give May wheat away relatively because they've got very cheap purchases. Mm. And the farmers are not going to let them get away with not moving it. So they've got to move that wheat. So pressure's on the May physically, but the futures in the meantime could be trading. 210 is offered today, and it's it's offered down at 208 now, I think, at a time of recording. I think there's very limited volume showing on the bid, very limited volume showing on the offer. Certainly, if you took out the offer that's there, there's a 50 lots, I think, at 210, 
there's nothing there's behind nothing that. Left. And, you know, so what is the limit? You know, if, if the long, which we've said all along, is really strong, oh. and they just say, no, I'm not interested oh, in cashing it, I, I want wheat. Potentially bully it for another tenner, if not more. Look what happened to, it's not just the UK wheat market that gets hammered for not having enough liquidity. Look at the French oilseed rate market. I mean, that's a bit of a while. I did have a friend comment yesterday, oh, you know, 35 euros up. But yeah, that is purely, purely, purely technical. It's not reflecting the physical value. Yeah, someone was long of it, yeah. someone was short of it, yeah. and the person who was short of it couldn't Yeah, couldn't get out of it, absolutely thumped. Yeah. So, so it's not just the UK wheat market that gets squeezed. Uh-huh. To so if there is somebody, and I hope somebody out there who's short has listened to this and got out and should phone up and send us a crate of beer and more, because we're talking about a very large rally we have, if we've persuaded them to get out of their short, if they listen to us, then, you know, they're in a much healthier place than they would have been. But if they haven't, they are still in a muddle, in my view, unless the long is in, in more trouble. At the same time, I think we're all very grateful that it's done what it's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the reason we're grateful is because um, it gives Andrew something to talk about. And let's be honest, when it was down at 188, it was all of our problem. And now it's gone rocketing up. All the tash. All the tash. <laughs> I was standing in the office pointing at the back of my shirt, saying, no, don't hug me. I want all the glory for myself. Yeah, I did do that yesterday. <laughs> but that was a bit wider. Well, it was down at 188, me. and you were looking around the room, Andrew, thinking, oh, I think Ben might have to go. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just Ben and a lot of you. <laughs> anyway, so I'm more interested in what happens next. Mm. In my view, it truly is, yeah, eat, sleep, drink it. It is fascinating. Tuesday's going to be a very telling day. There is a very strong long or two in this market. We are not included in being strong. We're able to play a little bit of a game. Mm. I truly wish I had a, a big book to trade this year. I would be long. I'd be sitting there going, bring it on. Let's have it. Because I, I just I can't see how you can possibly lose. So it is the finest hour of the strongest player in the market, in my view. They've just got it by the short and curlies. So. What was interesting for us yesterday, at the same time, we, there was an algorithm trying to trade the market, and it yeah. just looked ridiculous, didn't it? Yeah, it's great when algorithms lose. I mean, John, a bit more depth, but it was basically bringing in two lot bids, wasn't it? 5p under the offer. Yeah, which is just... So, And what was nice about that is... Computers actually can't do as good a job as a human, a human. who says just book them. Yeah, and then they went up three quid from where the last little offer two two, and then someone took those out as well. No, I couldn't agree more. The algorithms are fantastic. I hope the geek who wrote the programs got the sack. But you know, because it's like, oh, what you didn't predict the millennial. Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't. That isn't very normal. No, okay. Yeah. We've just Ooh, lost five hundred thousand algorithm. <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so aside from that, horsey rape. We oh, it's, been, it's been a pretty nutty couple of days. I mean, I, I feel confident in, in what we've kind of done as so far as business, and we've kind of whacked a, um, a lot of people, kind of banking some some min prices, which are yeah, really so you've, comfortable you've with. put yeah. a price in for the farmer, yeah, four hundred or more, yeah, we, we, and and, they, and you've put an option against it, yeah, which so if the market does go nuts, yeah, great. If Happy it does, doesn't, yeah. they've got four hundred pound a ton and. A, the yeah. premium and let's just hope it goes to 600 euros on the, on the future for me it's yeah perfect ass covering i've got everything we had um sort of aimed to achieve 400 440 if you add in your bonuses which i think is awesome it's mega hopefully the yields are right by i start to have my doubts now yeah, um it's not gonna be much. hope you think about that in a month or two's time but um nobody overcommitted tonnage did they ian no well not that i know of yeah, yeah. it was it was very yeah, um made i mean that's the trick to make yeah. sure that they commit less than they're gonna great yeah I, I thought people <laughs> were being very and I, I was definitely being 
trying to be quite reserved about it, demoralisingly low commitment at the moment. Yeah, which is the right place to yes, be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and we can cope if they produce some more, can't we? That's Correct, the point. yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be great if that is the But underlyingly, that particular market is probably more bullish than I, any other. I feel mega not. friendly to it, yeah. I can't but help. But we're at 15, I think someone's commented, 15 consecutive frosts on a crop that's in flower. <laughs> um, locally, French, the French crop's had bigger problems, drying Canada, so um, establishment issues, which you'd think at, what's it, 850-odd Canadian dollars, you know, that's a, an enormous price for them to plant it. But yes, it's big issues, huge issues. With that in mind, even Josh's rain isn't going to make things better, is it? I mean, it's about rain washing the, washing the nutrients in, and that would give the plant a bit more of a jolt. But with the rape, it's about the flowering, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's uh, um, so much a, um, sorry, it is a weather market story, but it's not a rain story. Because I've always felt that rapes is quite drought tolerant, not perfectly, but, um, and it did reasonably well-ish last year, considering. Um, flea beetle in the stem is very prevalent, and that's a, a significant issue. And um, and these frosts, you now I've got, there's a crop that I pass every day that's stalled, looked at it, it's about to come into flower, the headland's coming in and literally hasn't done anything for three weeks now. Well, it's also cold in the day. So it might be cold in the evening, but today's the h- highest today of 13 degrees, and that's the warmest for a week. Mm. And it's the end of mm. April. I've known the odd, like, frost this time of year, but not quite like this. And the French has been um, even uh, more significant than this. I think they've had minus five, minus sixes for a longer period. So, no, it's um, unfortunately, I think there's troubles ahead. Mm. I mean, the only other crop we've got to have a conversation about, probably, barley on new crop is in excess of £140 a tonne and looking really firm on feed barley. But more importantly, some of the establishment of spring barley, the early stuff that went in in good condition is up and the roots are going down. It's got every potential subject to either irrigation, which is beginning to happen all over the county, and or rain, which Josh is hopefully right on his prediction. But the stuff that went into slightly dodgy after beat, whatever, is is not emerged. And there's very patchy pieces of ground with big bare bits on them. So, so malting barley, in my opinion, is floundering. And there is beginning to be... Certainly, there's much more interest coming from the molsters, I think. Mm, definitely um, establishment issues. I, I did, a friend did comment yesterday off a farmer. Lots of he, friends, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. He's got any real well, friends. Got a friend, you just make oh, it. My yeah. friends. It's good to know you've got some friends, Ian. Do, do you think it's because you look quite Twitter. lonely in the yeah. office? They're Twitter friends, do you think? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think Ian's reading his news feed thinking, oh, they're just writing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's three, no, three friends today, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, friend. Is it the same friend? Um, can't friend. remember the other one. But this... Uh, we, we're your friends. So the comment was, this is coming from another merchant, that the trade is worried about high nitrogen malting barley. I don't yet see that personally. Yeah, no, the nitrogen is sitting on the surface. No, I accept that, but it's still very early to be cons- a concern. Yeah, and the growth stages aren't... The, the stuff's not... The awns aren't showing yet, so... Yeah. Yeah, you could argue that, but if the dry weather persists, there's a mm. point in between May and July is that the less time that is, the more the nitrogen's available to it at the wrong moment. I, yeah. There is yeah. a, a genuine chance there's going to be yeah. a problem. So it's pretty much bullish across the board, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so let's... I mean, we can. We need to open a beer, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm sorry about this, boys, but we need to... Someone need to do that. We'll, we'll grab... There's a box behind... Ian, the opener's there, <coughs> so I don't have to leave the room. We need glasses. Josh, will you just run and get some glasses, please? Webby's going to get the beer and pour it badly. Just get two bottles, and one side of the table can do one, and we'll do the other. He's now, he's now put, picking them up and putting them back again. <laughs> Ian, Ian, the market's trading. Can we get on with it, please? <laughs> Oh, I love that one. No, I don't want that one. Okay. 
He's picked two that he likes. Here we go. So, e- Ooh. so we've got an Ease Up IPA, which I know, and this is a very nice one. Well done, Ian. Andrew? Uh, and I've got the Blandford Fly, which is um, sweet and spicy golden ale, 5.2%. So un- in the World Beer awesome. Awards 2020, it got a bronze medal. How about that? Badger Dorset Breweries. Lovely. Fantastic. Okay, crack that one then. And then whoever hasn't got a microphone does the pouring. Right, Ian. Are you going to pour in? Yeah, Josh, you pour ours. We'll have this one. You have that one. Okay, so it's it's a sunny day. We're indoors at the moment. We've got to do some trading in a minute. Go and find the markets cacked out and we're completely wrong. <laughs> and as, as these boys pour these things out, what, in your view, Ben, is the market rally over? Yes or no? No. Right, Ian, is the market rally over? No. I think it's out for correction, but not done. Ian, enough. it was a yes or no question. Well, I said no. You should, be a, you should be a politician. Josh, is the market rally over? <laughs> I don't think it'll go up today. Oh, you should be a politician. No, I think, right, Andrew, have I, you noticed? I think, I think no. it, will, it will go up, but um, I think, it is, yes, it will do. That's Rain like, Man. Have you seen the film Rain Man? Oh, that's nice. No, never even no. heard of it. Probably black and white. Have, Andrew, did you notice how the millennials couldn't say yes or no? They had to say, mm, it might do this. Rain Man was, uh, well, was an autistic, uh, autistic bloke. It's an open-ended question. This film, we watch, watch Rain Man. It's a good film. It's a good film. It's got Dustin Hoffman. This in is it. Um, on a different subject. This beer is really good. And Adam's uh, what we ease up. Slightly uh, sweet, isn't it? Actually, it's some um, big mango aromas, flavours of pine, melon, grapefruit. Yeah, really good. Yeah, well, this Blandford Fly, that's got the taste of a stronger beer, isn't it? It's got yeah. that kind of. It tastes like a sort of um, some of the German beers, but a bit too sweet for me. Yeah. All right. I think well, while we're sitting there drinking a beer. Um, being reasonably like light-hearted, yes, the market may well have some corrections, but underlyingly, we we think the market is still in a bullish mode and are yet to be convinced otherwise. Um, if we're wrong, I humbly apologise, but I don't think we are. And our track record in the last few weeks says we're right. And nobody, but nobody can say that we didn't tell you. Uh, so with that, gents, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I will finish this week's podcast with Cyril Adams... Rest in peace. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.